Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. Welcome to the show. This is our last live show of the year. The next two weeks, we are going to be doing some clip shows over the holidays. And then we're going to start out 2022 with a bang with the Consumer Electronics Show. So that's coming right up down the pipe. In the meantime, we've got a great show for you this week. Going to be taking a look back at tech and pop culture in 2021. Send us your questions and your comments. One user-friendly on Facebook and Twitter, userfriendlyshow.com. Let's go to the news. So what is in the news today? What happened with Amazon Web Services? Yeah, this was a big thing last week. Took down a lot of major commercial services. (laughs) And I've been trying to do a little bit of poking around, and the explanations out there aren't too complete, at least with me as an engineer. I'm reading this going, okay, it's like a maybe a 10,000-foot view. And what they said was that they had some unexpected reaction from internal processes that caused a communications failure and the inability to connect to the outside of the system because it was swamped. So in other words, it it was like an avalanche of data? Yeah, something like that. Something happened within it, and unexpected behavior is an interesting comment. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you (laughs) get very... Even the cat's finding that interesting. (laughs) When you get very complex systems, sometimes they can act in a way that is never anticipated. Right, Something I'm learning right now with another project I'm working on, and it is interesting because it's like, how did it do that? Oh, okay. You know, um, the uh, sum is more, you know, whatever that saying is. The total is more than the sum <laughs> of the parts. There we go. I, I knew I'd come right. up with it. So, but it's that same <laughs> idea. And Amazon Web Services and most of these cloud hosting platforms are massive in what their capabilities are and what they can do and the number of things that you have interact and all of that kind of stuff. So when you're looking at it from that standpoint, it's certainly possible something happened that wasn't anticipated. But I'll be curious to see what that ends up being if they ever release a final explanation. They probably won't. No, probably not. <laughs> Toyota is going to make you pay to start your car with your key fob. Yeah, this files directly under the uh, upset me department. I would use another uh-huh. word if we weren't on the air. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it just uh, – these type of things. Now, the, we've talked about this in the past with car tech, and mm-hmm. I am a huge technology person. I love looking at all the new stuff, but I know that it's been a situation where the car manufacturers are trying to do with the vehicle – like your phone, where you buy the frame, the the machine, and then you have to pay for all this stuff on board. And they've been adding app capability and all this kind of stuff. And this one, I think, goes a little too far. Now, BMW has been talking about this too, where when you buy a vehicle, it actually has the equipment for every feature that they would make. But if you want the heated seats to work, you pay extra for that. Toyota's going this direction too. Now, they include <sighs> 10 years of the service with a new vehicle. So when the vehicle is within that period, you can, you know, have, they will allow you to start your car from your key fob with that feature. Mm. How nice. But then after that, it's eight bucks a month. Okay. This just like, this is a, a way to really make your customers angry. Yeah. That's kind of, and, and you're, they're going to lose uh brand loyalty yeah. because of that, because you see the car, is supposed to be a, a symbol of, it's kind of like a symbol of freedom. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've been saying that this, uh, the millennials are not really interested in cars. Well, this would be the reason why. Yeah. Or because, any reason why, certainly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, they're, they're not making the car be this useful f- tool 
that you can fall in love with because it is a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and when you, this is just not good. It, it just, you know, I, I was just going to make the comment. I, uh, you talk about brand loyalty. I drove BMWs most of my life. I like them. They're, you know, great car. But I had an experience that was along this lines where it wasn't making you pay for the tech yet. That's now, but it wasn't on this one. But it was a situation where it was designed to a point that the tech in the car could not ever be upgraded or changed in any kind of a reasonable way. And then on top of it, features that were originally with the car no longer operated because it was a few years old and it was no longer supported. And once it was shut off, it just couldn't be turned back on. So I don't think this is a good direction. No, I, it's, a, I, it's a horrible direction. I think it's a bad direction, yeah. And as soon as uh, um, speeders and uh, uh, George Jetson cars come about, people will leave and buy those instead. I can honestly say I'm just going to wait for the jetpack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Mandalorians! Okay. U.S. warns hundreds of millions of devices, that's a lot, at risk from newly revealed software vulnerability. What is this about? Okay, so this is something that has been in the news the last couple of days and is an issue. As of our time of recording, it has not been patched yet. I'm hoping it is when we air in a couple of days. But the thing of it is, is what's going on here is this is a piece of software that is part of the servers that run most of the internet. And without diving in too deep on the technical components of it, they found a bug in this component, and the component is used by something like 80% of internet applications. Ooh. I've been dealing with this a couple of my clients this week. We had a problem with it on our own show website, and it is an issue where this vulnerability can be exploited, and the bad guys can get into the server and do different things. And this is just goes to show how intermingled everything is. It's an open source program. Uh, to get a little bit into the technicals for anybody that wants it, there's a thing called Apache Web Server, which a lot of sites use, and this is a component that is part of that and other things as well. So could this could this affect something like a Fire Stick? Because our Fire Sticks are not working. I don't. I can't speak uh, directly to the Fire Stick, but I do know that across the board, there's been a lot of things going on. I would be more likely to suspect the Fire Stick problem is because of the Amazon Web Services problem, and not this. But there's been a lot going on, so it could even be a combination of the two. Oh, okay. New FDA-approved eye drops could replace reading glasses for millions. Yeah, this falls under, where do I sign up? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this actually sounds incredible. It looks like it's safe, at least from initial tests. Uh, they last for 10 hours, so you put them in your eyes in the morning, and you don't need reading glasses. And the quality of life improvement this could give to so hmm. many people is, no is just amazing, you know? I, yeah, because glasses get expensive. They also, mm -hmm. they can hurt the bridge of your nose. Some people have problems when it hits on their ear area. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, all the way around. Plus, just to make things a lot easier, you know? Wow, I like this one. Hologram tech may soon replace video calls. So I get to be like on the big Jedi cruisers and talk to people. Yes, yes. There's actually a couple <laughs> of different approaches to this, too. There's some uh, companies that are approaching it from the direction of uh, the closest thing that I could compare this to is uh, is a reference for our pop culture fans is on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. In a couple of episodes, they had a thing where it was a holographic communicator in the war room and on the ship and all that kind of stuff, where you actually saw a life-size image of the person that you were talking to. Okay, I don't remember that on on DS9. Yeah, it, it was when oh. Bashir was uh, his his. They found out that he had been genetically engineered, and they were talking to the admiral. 
and then they mm-hmm. use it on a couple of other episodes. But anyway, that's that's one of them. You know, um, when we talked to those folks uh, who did the the, um, the statues, mm-hmm. I can't remember their name. I don't remember either. Um, they had this really cool holographic image that was spinning around and around yeah. at their display. And that is that, another that is another form of hologram. Lethal shadows is who you're thinking about. Uh, the, okay, uh, and, and that's one is that's a holographic fan, mm-hmm. and you have to make software that's compatible with it. But when you do, it's actually pretty good. And is no, your cat's no, no, weighing no. in on our news here? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just really needy this morning. Yeah. Well, well she it, wants to be part of the holo- hologram tech. They are actually <laughs> saying that that is going to be one big use of this type of technology is pets. Yep. She oh. agrees. You, so you can see your pet remotely as yep. uh, a hologram. So that so that's the second <laughs> part of it. Cool. The, a third one is a smaller one that's kind of a desktop version, but this is just around the corner. Uh, it's the real deal, and it's going to be really cool. Cool. Mm. Verizon's custom experience is data collection in disguise. Yeah, so you know they're naming it this. You're opted in unless you opt out. So if you're a Verizon customer, you don't want to be tracked. Go on and and get opt out of this. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah, and it's it's a situation where it's basically exactly what it says that the um, information is being maintained. Now Verizon has said they don't sell it to third parties. It's only for their internal use. Until they get hacked. Uh-huh. Until they get hacked or, you know, figure out some yeah. other situation. But any way you look at it, it's the, these type of things, you have to be very careful and watch for it. If you've ever gotten software, you opt in to sending back details, you do want to read what that's actually doing. Because sometimes it's just crash reports and that's fine to help them improve the software. But a lot of times it's a lot more than that and you're opting in. And the pre-opt-in stuff doesn't seem to work out too well. I know that we had talked about Amazon Sidewalk and mm-hmm. the system mm-hmm. itself seems to be okay, but because it was just kind of there, people were concerned about that. And I noticed they've changed it now to where whenever you set up a new device, Echo device, it asks you if you want to participate and you don't uh, you, you don't just get to do it, you know, type of thing. So right. anyway, this is user-friendly 2.0. We're going to be looking back at this year. It is the end of the year already, believe it or not. Oh, my. So yeah. we will start with that <laughs> coming back after the break. Have you seen him? He's from the future. He's got a really big computer. And he uses it, uses it every day. And he uses it, uses it in every way. What's he use it for? You know I'm not that sure because it uses future Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. You know, it's the end of the year. It's been an interesting year, to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, you know, it's just uh, life has been so different since the onset of the COVID and all of that. So, you know, we finally did get back to a convention, which we'll talk about in a future segment here. But right now, this year, we did have some tech that came out. And seeing what's actually out there is kind of interesting. I think... Uh, you know, looking at this and just kind of going from a direction of opinion of usability to start with is the uh, metal ion batteries and battery technology. We're seeing a lot of advance in that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's important is because everything we use that's wireless depends on batteries. Yeah, right. So whether it's electric cars, you know, phones, robotics, whatever the case may be, you have to have a power source. And the thing of it is with that is the better that we can get all this stuff, the better it will be. Now, one of the big issues with this has been the idea of being able to recycle all of these batteries. 
or recharge them, reuse them. Yeah. Um, are these are these ones? Uh, are these the rechargeables or are these the throwaways? No, these are the rechargeables. But even a rechargeable battery has a limited number of times you can recharge it. Yeah, and that's what the concern is. So we've talked about earlier in the year the idea of uh, electric cars and zero emissions and all that. But now we're starting to see all the used batteries, the depleted batteries in the landfill because they can't be easily recycled. Right. So you know it's kind of a trade off from that standpoint, and I'm not sure if it's really better to have one over the, over the other. So, you know, going in these directions, anytime you have new stuff, you have issues that pop up like that. And it's a matter of, uh, you know, dealing with it and, and going from there. So far we have a, um, what, is, what is the brand name of that green, your green? Eagle. Oh, the Ryobi set? The Ryobi. Um, so far those batteries have lasted pretty long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and I, those are rechargeable. Yeah. And I, I see the same thing on a lot of my power tools and stuff. Now, of course, there's still a limited life, and if you were to use those every day, like an electric mm-hmm. car, the batteries would deplete yeah. faster. You know, so it's just a matter of dealing with that kind of stuff and going from there. I think we're starting to also see what will be come into play next year a lot more is the use of consumer level robotics. And robotics is nothing new. It's just, uh, I mean, Atari had a robot in the early 1980s, but we're starting to see in conjunction with AI what we mm-hmm. call the the Alexa bot. Uh, you know, that we've talked about um, mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. And there's a lot of other stuff on the horizon, let's just say, that is going to be game changer in this area. And again, we're looking at how to power these things, how to build them efficiently and all that kind of stuff. But it is now that you can actually go and buy, if you can get one, they seem to be really sought after, home, mm-hmm. almost like to for our Star Wars fans, droids in a way. That'd so be kind of cool. are these ones more uh, usable? Because uh, in the past, we've seen little, like, robots. Uh, I actually saw one at one of the Comic Cons, I believe, in California. And I, while the little the little robot was neat, it, I, I didn't really see it being all that usable. So are the new ones being more practical? Yeah, they, they're, they're being built to solve problems. So a lot of robotics was just, well, can we build a robot? You know, Right. But um, I know with some of the stuff that I've been seeing lately, they're definitely designed from the mindset of being able to take on a certain situation and deal with it. So, you know, that is important, too, because it's they, they tend to be expensive, and certainly, like, new technology will be coming into the field. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, is what can you do with it? If it really solves a problem in some way, then it's worth the cost. Uh, if right. it doesn't, then then, you know, what's the point kind of thing? So... You know, and that's all different. We've seen specialized robotics have been out for a while. One of the more successful ones is the robot vacuums. Mm-hmm. And as they've been pairing that with AI, where it can now learn your house and where things are and what to vacuum and what not to vacuum, that's a useful device. A lot of people have them and like them. And, uh, you, you know, so you are seeing some of that kind of thing really coming into the mold, too. But it's going to go a lot further than that. And I think we're going to be seeing a really different place for all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and speaking of technology, the other thing that we've seen this year is the whole chip shortage thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's been really exciting for most people. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> this has been a big deal. Some of the things that would have been holiday gifts last year, you right. still can't get. One of the bigger ones on the consumer side is the new game consoles. So they're still having problems with those. Oh, yeah, you're still a year and a half in, mm-hmm. and you still can't oh. get them easily. I mean... I know a few people, we, we had Dale Grinstead on earlier in the year when he actually got his. Right. Um, you know, but it's, uh, 
But it is wow. very, very difficult. If you go to Best Buy's website or Walmart's website right now, they still, you know, show us sold out. Uh, to the extent of that YouTube video that's constantly <laughs> checking everybody and updating automatically to tell you where there is and isn't inventory. And we still have the scalpers with all that, but we're seeing it across the board. Car manufacturers, uh, even phone manufacturers. I'm hearing through the grapevine mm-hmm. now that Apple somehow uh, lost a bunch of their chips or something got redirected and they didn't get them. So they're down like 40,000 iPhones. So, you know, whether or not that's true, but the point of it is, is we're seeing it definitely hitting all of these different sectors. One of the bigger ones that I thought was uh, interesting and kind of one that you wouldn't think about is a company called ResMed. And ResMed makes CPAP machines and other things like that for the medical industry. Mm. They're a small niche yeah. market. But people are having to wait six months now to get a CPAP machine because they can't get the microprocessors in to run them. Oh, wow. Because See, and, that's, and here I go again. It would be so nice just to make them here. Or how about Mexico or Canada, like on North America? So, you know, the people that live in North America can get their stuff. Yes, yeah, so we wouldn't you have know? to worry about them not, not coming in. And it's a, yeah. you know, it's the supply chain is part of the problem. Part of the problem, too, is the manufacturing is also slowed down a lot for a variety of reasons huh. in these places. So you're dealing with a double-edged sword. And then the other part of it is, is that the bigger industries – this is part of the reason why we haven't seen as much trouble with smartphones are able to pay more and then kind of shut out everybody else, you know? So, Oh, okay. So it's almost like the big guy, the big bully on the, and the playground taking, <laughs> taking everybody's lunch, lunch money. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. And then, you know, some of the small guys have to go in and, and kind of deal with that sometimes. So, you know, this has been an issue that we've seen in the whole technology thing this year too. That's kind of unusual. Now, you're, if you're still doing your holiday shopping, uh, number one, good luck. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but number two, if, if, if you can't get the new game consoles, because I know we keep getting asked about this, there are some that out there that are out there that you can probably come up with. The Nintendo Switch seems to be pretty available. The VR headsets are more or less available. So those are some directions you can go. It's not a PlayStation or an Xbox, but it is, you know, something that you would be able to use. So. From that standpoint, that's the case. And on the topic of tech for the holidays, another one that's really big this year are streaming media devices. Mm -hmm. So Roku, Fire TV, a lot of this technology is getting better. It's getting a lot cheaper and more integrated and easy to use. So we're seeing that out there a lot too. Uh, Readers, there's new Kindles on the market, uh, different things like that. It's just a matter of looking around. One of the other things is things like Fitbit and wearable fitness trackers and all of that. And those really are different from brand to brand. You want to look and see what you're getting and make sure that it works right. The information is actually pretty accurate. Yeah. People don't have a lot of trouble with them. So Yeah. Yeah, I've been really happy with mine. I've been happy with mine, too. So, So. All right. We'll be back after the break. We're going to have an interview from one of our past conventions this year that didn't get aired. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We're going to be circling back to a little earlier in the year with an interview from a convention that Chaz Wellington covered. The Nevada Hotel Lodging Association sponsored it. It has to do with gaming technology, hospitality technology, and that type of a thing. 
And before we get there, I do want to invite you to continue to send in your questions and your comments, one user-friendly on Facebook, one user-friendly on Twitter, 503-766-6264, or userfriendlynation.com. Any of those options will get you to where you can contact us. If you call the phone number, it's 24-7. Just leave us a message. If you go to the website, just fill out the form. We never sell your information or do anything beyond covering what your question is, or maybe getting a hold of you, if, see if you want to come on and talk about it. So all of those things are available. All of those things are out there. It's how we put our programming together to get you what you want to hear in the areas of technology and pop culture. And with that, let's go to Chaz Wellington with his interview. Hi, Bill. Uh, we're here with David Foreman. He is a lead solution engineer with Salesforce, and he's going to tell us a little bit about Salesforce transition into hospitality. Great. Thank you so much. So what we're going to talk about today is called the Salesforce Booking Experience. And what happened about six or seven months ago, our customers started to come to us with a problem. And that problem was that their hospitality contact centers, their call centers, had all this disparate data. They knew that it could be activated in one way or another if they could have a unified system. But they couldn't do that. Right now, at best, there's these three different areas that you see over here. Your channels, which could be like your telephone, your SMS, whatever. Your CRM, which whatever you use, if it's Salesforce or something else, you could even lump your gaming system into that. And then the central reservation system and properties management system. All those three things, generally speaking, have great pieces of customer data, but we can't really use them to build those great experiences that we want for our customers. So that's how we came up with this question, is how are we going to empower service agents with that unified platform to build those exceptional experiences? And so I'm not, I won't take you through our whole story, just for, for ease, but essentially, what you're seeing on the screen here is that unified platform, which means as we have things like live transcripts, call controls, knowledge articles that all can be dynamically updated based on customer data, whether that's in your gaming system, whether that's just in your CRM or even via the live transcript, we can make real-time recommendations to the agent to help build out that experience. Similarly, we can integrate with the booking management system to have a way more user-friendly interface. Because that's the other thing our customers told us, that the CRS PMS user interfaces are very difficult to train people on, and that, makes, that means there's a tremendous amount of risk associated when you want to change those platforms. And so by doing this, you can mitigate that risk while also making it more efficient and easier for your agents to interact with. And if I could just, I'll move through here quickly, what you're going to be able to see is that based on the conversation that we're having, you know, the knowledge can dynamically update, the recommendations can dynamically update, all that good stuff. <clears throat> Let me go here for you. And now you can see even comparing properties. All of these things that are very difficult to do today are made easy by leveraging our system. And to the extent that you can even go as far as applying promotions, to book rooms, you can compare properties to make sure that you understand what costs are associated with which to make better recommendations. And then finally, once we get through here, you could see you could just, you know, this basically looks like something you would do on the internet, right? It's not something that you would need to train someone a long time to be able to utilize. But similarly, you can have these recommendations like here, because we know this guy, Tim, who's our, the character in our story, is a part of their online betting community. 
he qualifies for this special offer to go to a Super Bowl viewing party. So it's increasing that experience, providing a more comprehensive experience for your uh, for your customers. So for the hospitality customers, but for agents, it takes a lot of the legwork out of it. They don't need to put people on hold, go ask their manager, Google something to try to figure out how to serve the customer. All right, well, thank you for telling us about your product, David, and you have a good day and enjoy the conference. Thanks, you do the same. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0, just uh, continuing on here with our year in review, and we wanted to talk about pop culture of 2021 a little bit. And I'm going to just go backwards in order of which I remember things. Uh, so this may be a lot of jumping around. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to. I'm going to remember it is a big blob. Yeah, it's a big yeah, blob. It's right. kind of where where I'm headed. There are some things that do stand out from that blob, and one of them was the Emerald City Comic Con. Yay, oh, yeah, we finally got to go to one. We that was got fun. To go to one that was a lot of fun, and it was just nice to get out, and we survived. Nobody got sick. Yeah, and and, and the night the, uh, the other bonbon to the whole thing was is that on the plane in the airport at the con in the hotel, people were nice. Yeah, yeah, yep. just, uh, that yeah, just were. went. I mean, just just being nice to each other that really goes a long way to making a trip. I just really, I really needed that. Yeah. Well, it was nice to see Seattle, you know, up and running in a buzz. And everybody mm-hmm. was doing what they needed to do to stay safe. And yeah. you had to have your vaccine card to get into a restaurant, all of that kind of stuff. But outside of uh, some of the what you would expect right now, it didn't feel bad. It felt really good. Mm-mm. It was yep. lit up. It was lively. And like you say, people seemed uh, happy. Well, remember how we were in that one restaurant that was super crowded and there was a long wait? None of the people got pissy or, or angry. They were all good spirits, yeah, yep. you know? And I'm going to do a little shout out here because of something we saw. We stayed at the Resident Inn, uh, Residence Inn, rather, in uh, downtown Seattle. A great hotel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, the people there were, were rock stars. But I saw something that kind of was just really cool. And they had a time where we were down in breakfast that a homeless gentleman walked in. And, you know, the expectation was to watch someone from the staff, you know, get up and and talk to him. Well, that did happen, but the conversation included giving him a coffee and a free breakfast. And it was just cool to see something that nice. Yeah. And it was really, it was really cold out. So he probably really needed that breakfast, you know? (laughs) It was done very quietly. It just happened that we were sitting there. So we saw the, uh, the employee of the hotel do it. So, you know, shout out to them. I, I think. Yeah, uh, that was nice. Uh, it was just really cool. So definitely we'll be back there for future events. The next Emerald City is coming up in August and we'll get that on when we get a little closer to it, but definitely going to be back at that hotel at the very least. Yeah. So, you know, as far as the event was concerned, it was a lot of vendors and a lot of different things where people, this was the first time they've been out in a year and a half mm-hmm. at any kind of a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it was interesting to see some new stuff. The costume cosplay was definitely subdued. But yeah, it was an absent. It was, what, what was there was really kind of cool. Yeah, and I think part of the subduing part was it's hard to travel with a lot of stuff, and then 
uh, you have to wear a mask over your mask. Right. <laughs> and so that makes it hard. So yeah. I think everybody did the best with what they could. And I, I think it came off fine. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, moving ahead on, on the pop culture end of it, we've seen a lot of different things from a lot of the popular franchises out there. Some good, not some, not so good. Uh, the elephant in the room, and we've been getting a lot of questions about this is the whole Kathleen Kennedy situation with Disney and star Wars. And it seems like a lot of the fans don't uh, appreciate some of what's been going on there. She's not the elephant in the room. She's a rancor. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So I, I think we're getting your feeling on this. Uh, <laughs> More of a bantha? <laughs> no, rancor. No, well, yeah, no, rancor. Yeah. You know, from that standpoint, a lot of uh, consideration of changes to the Star Wars franchise that make it not what it was. And, you know, so that's all stuff. Hopefully 2022 will find some solutions to that. But on the topic of yeah. Star Wars. We had more Mandalorian. We've had the Bad Batch. We've had quite mm -hmm. a few things. What what is stands out to you from this year from Star Wars? Uh, I really enjoyed the Bad Batch. I really enjoyed the Mandalorian. Uh, right now, there's a uh, Lego Advent calendar for Star Wars Lego, which is the Mandalorian themed. So right. stuff from all the episodes are are getting little models every day, which is pretty cool. I've also seen that the toys mm -hmm. for Star Wars concerning the Bad Batch and the Mandalorian has kind of revitalized a lot of Hasbro and yeah. Lego's selections and other groups too. So if you're like one of these toy collectors, the really cool toys are back. You know? yeah. Kind of neat. <laughs> no, that's kind of cool. And they're coming up with some very creative things. I know, you know, on that front, we were looking at the Lego exhibit at the Comic-Con, but there's been all kinds of stuff like that around this year. I've noticed Star Wars Universe has a lot of products and even Ikea has gotten into the punch on that, on having their own custom sets, which are kind of cool. Yeah. And, and are, of course, flat-packed. I mean, we would never well, of course. You gotta, you, that. You, but, uh, <laughs> you got to get your, you your flat-packed storage box, and you build your Lego box, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> and the Lego storage box that you're buying is a flat-packed storage box for Legos. So, I mean, it's totally yeah, so Ikea. It's neat. You know, it's like you win. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I also enjoyed was um, the Shang-Chi movie. Mm -hmm. I did not know what to expect. I've never seen the, the comic book. And I, I'm not I'm not a comic book aficionado, so I just kind of walk in like, well, let's see how it is, and I really mm -hmm. enjoyed it. It tied into the Marvel universe pretty well. It was kind of nice. I see, and I'd seen the the main actor mm -hmm. in uh, Kim's Convenience, so yes. it was like, oh, he's no longer give, uh, selling rental cars. No. <laughs> he's got a new job. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. I've heard now. I have not had a chance to see that yet. You should see it. You and should. I, I think it might be a and holiday thing for myself and my girlfriend to go check it out. It's, it's on yeah. Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Okay. Um, use your big fancy TV with all the the all those fancy lights and stuff. Atmos. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That it'll work. It'll be cool. Yeah. Also watch uh, Black Widow. Okay, yeah. which is a good one. Black um, good. The other movies to to check out would be Ron's Gone Wrong. Okay. Free Guy. Okay. <laughs> um, where else was us was uh, out there that we enjoyed pretty well? Now, what did you think um, of the new Venom movie? I actually haven't seen that one, um, but I know that everyone else thought it was pretty good. I know uh, Carnage is a horrible, horrible bad guy, so uh, hopefully he turned out pretty good <laughs> or pretty bad or, or bad something I like guess. that. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, um, villains make the story, so you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you don't have a villain, then you don't have conflict. Exactly. Yes. If you don't have conflict, then you don't have a story. Yes, and we're all still looking forward to a uh, book of Boba Fett, which yeah. is yeah. coming out uh, according to the calendar next week. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that one when we get back in the new year, and yeah, uh, just yeah. Do that. So. 
Yeah, you know, all the way around. There's plenty of stuff. If you haven't seen any of these things over the holidays, check it out. And uh, we're just kind of hitting the tip of the iceberg thing. Get on the streaming, see what there is out there. And there's just a, a lot to do and a lot of good stuff and a lot of not so good stuff, too. So do, yeah, do read the ratings first. But uh, I would say that some of the stuff that's that's come out that's worth seeing is definitely worth watching if you haven't been able to so far. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. I guess a lot has happened in this last year looking back at everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of stuff. A lot of it was forgettable, but a lot of it we, do, we will remember. Yep. You know, so all the way around, I think uh, 2021 is on the books mm-hmm. and we'll be moving into the next year. But I think that this year is a start to a lot of exciting things coming up. And on that venue, we're going to open with a bang next year because we are going to the CES show, the Consumer Electronics Show. In Las Vegas is the first week of January and are already getting a long list of, of places to interview and new technology that's out there and all of that kind of stuff. I know we've been getting it in email and it's just I had to set up a filter to keep track of it all. Yeah, it looks pretty exciting. So I think we're going we're gonna to have some interviews with some specific things. We're going to be looking at AI, holographic technology, and a number of different things while we're there. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably, you know, every year at that show, from what I understand, you see a lot of new things. Chaz has covered it for us in the past. This mm-hmm. is the first year we're all going as a team. Chaz, of course, will still be there. We're going to uh, do the show together this year. It'll be fun. It will be. I think uh, I think it'll be cool. It'll be kind of fun to be back in Las Vegas again and uh, and deal with all that. We used to live there uh, for two years, a long time ago. long time ago. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see the changes, too. I know downtown yeah. oh, and stuff yeah. is very different. <laughs> it, it seems like Las Vegas likes to reinvent itself every few years. Yeah. yeah. And they, I know they just sold the Mirage to Hard Rock Casinos. Wow. And are oh. rebranding it. And uh, hopefully it's the Mirage, if I'm remembering that correctly. And the volcano in the front, they're tearing it down, unfortunately. Aww. But uh, are going to do a complete remodel. And from what I understand, a refresh might be good for that property. So, you know, <laughs> uh, just uh, see what it is and check out that kind of a thing. And uh, I know that going into the next year, some of the some of the tech that they're showing at the beginning of the year will hopefully be quite interesting. I think we're going to see a lot with streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology is taking on its own. And augmented reality, glasses, those kind of things. This is a technology that's coming in. We talked earlier in the show about robotics being the year 2022 being the year of robotics. And I really do think that's going to happen for a lot of reasons. So, you know, it's just just getting there and getting in the right direction. We're running out of time here. Gretchen, what's something you'd like to see? What's tech you'd like to see? Uh, I always like the uh, virtual reality. Okay, I really so virtual do. Virtual reality. Yep. I think. Uh, yep. I think. You're and right. and droids. I like droids. <laughs> Those <laughs> are the two things: droids and virtual reality. Droids are a form of robotics, right? So you know how. Jerry, yeah. How yeah. about you? If you had to pick one thing, uh, one thing I would like to see uh, a much more enhanced smartwatch. Okay. So wearable. So that's more more wearable stuff. Um, you know, with connected to the glasses, maybe I don't know. You just want Boba Fett's gauntlet. Yeah, that'd be there cool. You go, there you go. I don't know. I'm getting beyond wearables. I have to charge all this stuff. Let's just get implants. I mean, it'd be a lot easier, <laughs> right? So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the medical technology catches up, we'll be fine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think we'll uh, we'll head there. We'll see. All righty. Well, from our team to yours, happy holidays. Happy end of 2021. 
And we mm-hmm. will be back in 2022. Until then, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or the station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.